operations the way we interact with other employees give examples of something that you did what are you what are you list as your weaknesses and then they give us a bunch of numbers that allow us to compare how we did with the previous quarter or the previous year and I'm telling you they, they really got it down but it does make you look at yourself because their whole goal is if you're doing something wrong it's to help you change and if you're doing something great it's to give you congratulations and say keep on this right behavior and I started thinking about that about the church do we ever give ourselves an evaluation do we ever look at how we are spiritually how are we doing in our relationship with Christ are we growing in Christ are we kind of just coasting along on cruise control or are we stopped dead in the middle of the road but what about us do we ever give ourselves a kind of a spiritual evaluation actually would we be brave enough to pray to God say God are there areas in my life that need help would you show them to me and help me if there's areas that I'm I'm doing great in would you allow me to share that with others so we start talking about our lives our church and I guess a question that we need to ask is is Lake House Church community impacting are we impacting our community are we impacting our our co-workers and our neighbors and our family members now impact is a very interesting word because it, it's a very it's an action verb but are we making an impact in our community which means that if this church were to stop meeting here would the town of Pantigo and Arlington even notice it would there be a void two weeks ago I started a, a message on salt and and light living and I talked to you two weeks ago if you remember that salt is a healing agent when you put it on a wound salts mostly uh, it was used at that time to hold back decay because they didn't have refrigeration so the moment that meat was cut it was packed in salt and the great thing is not only did it preserve that meat but while it was being packed in that salt it was adding the flavor that salt can do it also talked about how salt can um, uh, as far as is has its own flavor and saltiness and I made a statement that's been kind of rattling through my mind and I t said that if we're not salting the world around us then the world is rotting us and that one sentence out of that whole statement has been running through my mind because if we're not making a difference in other people's lives then possibly the world is impacting us more than we're impacting the world so are we changing the landscape because God has called us to make a positive impact in our community the impact that we are called to make in our community is to love others to lead them to Christ to teach them the promises of the Word of God and to help take care of them that's what family does that's what we're called to do and that's what the first century church did well why do we need to do that pastor mark I'm glad you asked because Jesus asked us to do it now if we're Christians which means followers of Christ which means our name reflects who we are okay you see one of the things is Austin will always have the last name Burkhart now my daughters will marry and and they will marry and and uh, move out and, and and take on new names but Austin will always have my name and people will say oh I knew your dad or I knew your mom or I knew your family 
but he carries on that name. Even when the kids were growing up and they were going to go and, and spend the night at somebody's house, I'd say, now, please remember, you reflect our family. So say please and thank you and be grateful. And they understood, even at a very young age, that we reflect the name that we carry. So if we are followers of Christ, if we are Christians, if that is us, it's not a lifestyle, it's a calling. Amen? Did you all even catch that one? It's, it's not a title or a lifestyle, it's a calling. Well, I, I like the lifestyle part. I don't think I want the calling. It just sounds like it's, it's just too hot out there, Pastor. I mean, it's going to be 100 degrees today. It's hotter in other places in the world where the churches are meeting outside under a tree. And they'll meet for hours and hours and hours. I hear of some of these services that will go on and, and they'll start in the morning and they go till 2 or 3 in the afternoon. And sometimes I get a raised eyebrow when we're getting close to 12 o'clock. Like, are you going to finish? I th wouldn't it be just wonderful if we could experience worship all throughout the world? I think it would impact us to what the church and the body of Christ is, is going through and doing and performing. But the first century church loved people. They discipled them. They taught them. They impacted them. They reached out. They built relationships. Over the past two or three months, I uh, had, if you've gotten an email from my Yahoo account, I always have a signature. I always feel that if you have an email account, put a scripture, put a, a, a something that's going to impact people at the very end of it. I, I, I actually put it on one of the slides. Can you put it up for me? This is underneath my uh, signature, and, and I've had it up for several months. But it says, you can only impress people at a distance, but you can only impact them up close. What that means is there are thousands of people that drive past our little Lake House Church sign on Sunday mornings over the last several years. That's a distance. But until we get out of our comfort zone, until we get out of the four walls of the church, until we start asking God to send us someone that we can share our testimony with and love and disciple them and teach them, we're never going to impact them. And that's what's happened in the church today. We've distanced ourselves from the world and we're very comfortable, but we like keeping that distance. If we look at the first century church in Acts 2, this little church of 120 people received the Holy Spirit and made an impact on the world by reaching out, by discipling, and providing for the needs. And they understood the purpose of multiplication. Multiplication within the church because it birthed new believers. It birthed new converts, and it taught them. The church reproduced itself. Today I'm going to share my heart with you about the future of the church, and, and not only that, and, and preach but I've had some conversations with God, and I've, I've asked God, what's, what's in store for us? See, many of y'all might not know, but our, our seventh anniversary is coming up this month. And if you know anything about seven, seven is a very special number in, in biblical numbers. And I've always thought, Lord, is this church going to be a huge mega church? Because it's never really been my heart. And what I've received that I feel is that 
as this church grows and it reaches a certain point, it could be 110, 150, we should send off so many people and plant another church and not say, well, look at, look at what we've done. Look at what we've accumulated. Look how many thousands of people are attending this church. But start smaller churches in areas that need to understand that God loves them, God will restore them, God will heal them, God will rebuild them, and he'll renew their lives. That's what the church should be doing. Not collecting, but getting and receiving and spreading. Passing out love. Not that where people could come and drive hours from us, but we go to them. Go into some of the small towns. According to Barna, the average church in America is 89 attendees. Now you've got to realize that for that average, there are the 1,000 members churches and, and there's the 15 member churches. I was talking with a client, actually somebody who's familiar with one of my, my really big clients, and I have thousands of church clients, but um, there's a church in pretty much the middle of nowhere. Uh, I think their town population's just under 200,000. And they run 26,000 on a Sunday morning. And just think about the, the percentage. When there's only 200,000 people in a town and you've got 26,000 people attending. What I didn't know though is some of the history that they shared with me. And many, many, many years ago, as that church was starting to grow, there was a church split. And it devastated the church. In fact, the church went from 500 members down to 200 members. And then within a couple of weeks, it went down to 12 members. Now, can you imagine being in a church that's down to 12 members when there used to be 500 people worshiping with you? And they brought in a, a, an evangelist to just kind of bring in some fresh ideas. And the first thing he said was, we're going to pray. We're going to pray 24 hours a day. We're going to pray in the morning. We're going to pray in the night. Before we do anything else, we're going to pray. And that's what that group of 12 did, is they got down and they started praying. And they started interceding like they'd never interceded before. And that group of 12 now represents 26,000 people in a town of 200,000. That is what prayer will do with the church when we decide that we're going to make an impact in a community. Oh, we could have been very happy with 12 people. And they would have fit in perfectly with the statistics. But when you get a passion for what God can do in a community, when you get a passion for what Christ has done in your life, there is nothing that you want to do more than, than share. But we have to start with praying and understanding. We have to get past the small church pattern of thought. And this is a pattern of thought that says we can't do things like that because we're a small church. That is absolutely wrong. I would rather experience God in a church of four or five members than to be sitting in one of the mega campuses and going through a program service. I want to be where God is. I want God to sense my worship. And I want to sense his presence. That is the relationship that I have with my creator, my redeemer, my savior, my healer, my provider, my everything. Not to go through the steps. You see, you can have a church of a thousand members, but if they're not doing a very simple thing that we're doing on Thursday nights, teaching the people how to share their faith, then 
I don't think God's pleased. Because it's not about us just getting together on Sunday mornings and complimenting each other, which is very important. And y'all look very nice today. But it's more about us reaching out to people that are hurting and dying and loving. It's breaking out of our comfort zone. And it's not about us. It's about Him. Thanks, Austin. It's not about us. It's about Him. Are y'all grasping this? But I, I need it to be about me today, Pastor Mark, because I'm going through this, this, this. I'll tell you what, you start focusing on the kingdom of God and all of His righteousness, and the things in your life are going to all of a sudden become minimal. But we get distracted, and that's Satan's number one role is to distract us on everything that's happening in our life. Is this hurt? Does this hurt? Do we, do, is this red? Do I feel this? Do I do this? And we consume, and our prayer life automatically goes just to that. Instead of, God, would you send someone into my life that I could share your gospel with? Lord, I thank you for our country. I thank you for those who are serving our country. I thank you for revival to break forth in this country. I pray that the hearts would be changed. I pray that pastors would break the, the thought of political correctness and boldly proclaim the name of Christ. Now, is that your prayer? Or was your prayer, God, just, I need more gas, I need more money, I need a bigger house. And there's nothing wrong with that, but he already knows what you need. What you need to know is the impact you can make when you start praying. And sometimes we get in a small church mentality that says, well, we just can't do that. I don't want to ever hear that spoken over this ministry. We can't do that. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. And if it's reaching a community, then we can do it. If it's hosting a huge revival, we can do it. If it's impacting and having classes somewhere, we'll find a place to do it but we will never let the size of our church impact our mentality because he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ever ask or think. Matthew 5, thir th uh, Matthew 5, 13 through 16 is what Jesus is talking about in this passage and it says, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? And it'll be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the salt of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a light is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way, let your deeds uh, your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father see if we're not making an impact and if we're not being salt and light as a church we might as well close the doors have you ever noticed just how right amount of salt can make popcorn phenomenal seriously there could be a movie that you're just waiting, you've been waiting to go see, and, and Kristen loves to pour the butter on. I don't know, those self-serve butter things, I should have one at the house. Paula Dean would love us, okay? But the thing is, butter is good, but salt is good too. And I know there's, like I said, there's salt police out there that says this is not, but we need salt. But the right amount, too much can ruin it. Too little is bland. But there's that perfect amount of salt that makes a difference. We need to be that perfect amount of salt. We need to go into people's life with love and truth and be able to speak into their lives love and truth. See, we love speaking truth into people's lives. We like telling them all the things they're doing wrong. 
But the love sometimes is difficult for us because we can't get past their actions. Aren't you glad that Christ and God does not see us because of our actions, but because of who we are? I mean, oh, you're, you're that adulteress, and you're that fornicator, and you're that cheater. You're that steal. You, you, you're a thief. They don't see that in us, especially when the blood of Christ has made us clean. Our past are gone, and they see us as children of God. And they love us, and they care for us. But we still see in the natural. We have to overlook what we see and love them the way God sees them. Any size church can make an impact. Any size church can change the landscape around them. But we're going to need to love people. We're going to need to teach the people and do what God commands us to do. There's four very quick points that I want to go through. I'll give you a hint. These might be sermon topics for the next four weeks. Just saying. Okay, just... Number one, focus on investing and inviting people. Focus on investing and inviting. We need to bring hope to those who are searching. We need to share our story of what God's done in our life. That's why I know that it was a God thing when God had Shauna come up and say, I just want to tell you that I've been healed. This week, someone came up and said, you realize in the church nowadays we don't do testimonies anymore. Do you remember? I grew up, and I think every Sunday, somebody got up and talked about a testimony of what God did. And everybody rejoiced in that healing or that restoration or that provision. But, oh, it's politically correct now that we don't share that because somebody makes something inappropriate. We need to declare, proclaim the goodness of God and all that he's done because all we hear is the negative and we don't ever share the good. See, Luke 8, 38 Jesus has just delivered a man from a demon, and it says this man who had been freed from the demons begged to go with him. Now, I, I just got to put a time out there. If I had been demon-possessed, and Jesus came in and just shit, sent everything out of me, I'd want to be walking around and following him too. I'd be like him, like white on rice, okay? I mean, seriously. And so when I tell you to read, put yourself in that. If you had just been delivered from the torment, torment of demonic activity, and, and the love that you just experienced being in the presence of Christ, would you not want to say, I want to go with you? All right? So the man who had been freed from the demons begged to go with him. It says, but Jesus sent him home saying, in verse 39, no, go back to your family and tell them everything God has done for you. Let's just take a look at this. He'd been delivered from demons. Experienced probably more love, more joy, more peace than he's ever done before, okay? It was just, it was a fountain of, of, of living water coming at him. And his number one thought was, I want more. And Jesus says, no, it's not about you. It's about going and touching your family. How many, when, how many times when we experience God in a supernatural way, all it's about, God, I just want more of that. I want more of that. I, I need more of that. And he's saying, no, go share this with other people who are hurting and dying. But no, 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 God. Let's go back to that part. I, I really like that part, God. I like the tingly, okay? Give me the tingly, God. Have you never prayed that before? No, go back to your family and tell them everything God has done for you. So he went 
all through the town proclaiming the great things Jesus had done for him. And you know what I like about that? Jesus asked him to go tell his family. Did it just say, and he went back and he told his mother and his father and his brother and everybody was happy. Is that what your Bible says? What did he do? He went through the streets of the town. If you got delivered from demonic activity, would you go out and start talking to everybody you met about what Christ has just done in your life? You see, we've all been delivered from something. Oh, not me. Yes, we've all been delivered from sin. We've been delivered from self. Well, most of us. We have been delivered from, from pain and agony. And we need to be sharing that. We need to invest time and energy by going outside the four walls of our own self. See, you thought I was going to say the four walls of the church. We are the church. This building is not the church. We are the church. We're mobile churches all walking around, but sometimes we need to get outside of our four walls and go in and start sharing and loving other people by just asking some very simple questions. Within two or three questions, you can get to a hurt or disappointment in their lives. And that's what Austin's been teaching us on Thursday nights. We need to invest in the lives of our neighbors and co-workers. 1 Peter 3.15 tells us, Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your Christian hope, always be ready to explain it. I'm not making this stuff up. Okay, oh, this, he's on some radical thing. This is all throughout the Word of God. We're called to do that, not just live the lifestyle. We need to invite people to church. You see, if you're not excited about coming to church, other people aren't going to be excited about coming to church. Right? I have gone to a restaurant because I've heard so many great things about it. In fact, when President Obama was in Austin this week, he got to skip line to order barbecue. Did you hear about that? Okay. Do you know how long the line is for that barbecue place? Anybody? Five to seven hours. Now, a barbecue place in Texas, and Rachel says, hey, let's go stand five hours. I'm like, look. There's David's Barbecue, there's Coker's Barbecue, there's Spring Creek. Love Spring Creek, okay? Can I get an amen on that, okay? But you want me to wait five to seven hours for barbecue in Texas in July. I was not born yesterday, ladies and gentlemen. I've lived here long enough to know where I can get into air conditioning seven seconds after I get out of my car. Why does that place have a seven-hour wait to get in? It's great barbecue, yeah. Can it be that much better than, I mean, I imagine it can be something that they do. But you know how that spread? Dino, you need to go with me. I know it's going to be seven hours, and I know Corianne's going to have a fit, but it's going to be the best barbecue you've ever experienced in your life. It will change you. All of a sudden, Dino's like, you know, he's just radical enough that now I'm kind of hungry for that barbecue. And... Maybe I'll do that. Are we doing that with our relationship about Christ? You need to come and hear our worship team. They are great. 
You need to hear our pastor. He's going to tell you about the Word of God. The people will love you. We have this time where we just shake hands and we, and we talk and we pray. And then if you want to learn more about sharing your faith, come on Thursday nights. But are we making other people hungry for what we have? Okay, I'll get off that topic. Point number two, focus on the Word of God and prayer. We believe that the Word of God is inspired, that the Word of God is powerful, that the Word of God breaks bondages. You see, Satan doesn't care about what Mark says, but when Mark starts speaking God's Word, it starts sending quakes through the demonic world. The one thing that Satan does not want you to understand is Scripture and have an application of that Scripture and to just start praying a Scripture. Take a Scripture all day and just be muttering it all day long. I'm in Christ, I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation. Thank you, God, that I'm a new creation. Greg, do you know I'm a new creation? He may think I'm crazy, but I'll tell you what, I'd rather be crazy for Christ than anything else. You see, Friday night, I'm going to tell you something. Friday night, there was some worshiping going on. And there was some radical worshiping going on. I mean, there was one time where people took off running. It made us look like Presbyterian on a dry Sunday morning, okay? Oh, we don't do that around here. You know what? And the first time that that guy ran around, he was alone. Second time he came by me, he had 50-something people behind him. Next time he came by, there was no break in the line. You see, that's radical. That's just full on. And what he talked about was, what is too much to give to God? Oh, I, I don't do that because that's too much. I, 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 raising my hands, uh, no, 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 no. But we'll go to the Ranger game going, why are you losing in last place? <laughs> well, maybe y'all don't, but I do. It's like, why? Oh, we can be crazy for the world, but we don't want to be crazy for God. I'm going to be crazy for God, okay? I gave up on the Cowboys, still trying to hold on to the Rangers, but I'm crazy for God. I want to challenge you. This week, will you just give me seven days to read the Word of God for 10 minutes and to pray for 10 minutes? That's all I'm asking. I'm challenging you. If you're reading longer than that, read longer. But if, you'll, if you're not reading, 10 minutes, read the Word of God for 10 minutes and pray for 10 minutes. Make a spare moment. I don't have time. Make time. Make time. If there's something you need to get out of your life, get it out. If it means turning off the TV, turn off the TV. If it means turning off the, the computer, turn off the computer. If it means, and I'm going there, setting down your cell phone, set down your cell phone. And the dramatic pull of your phone will weaken the further you get away from it. But if you hang out around here, you're like, oh, I got to just, okay. <laughs> Lord, I love you. You need to get over there and get away from that. And all of a sudden, you got a free minute. I'm challenging you. Ten minutes. And when you start experiencing God's word and when you start experiencing powerful prayer, start sharing it with other people. This is what my church has asked me to do. Why don't you challenge everybody you know on Facebook to start praying for 10 minutes this week? 
why don't you challenge everybody you know on Twitter to start reading the Word of God for 10 minutes? Oh, we're a small church. We can't do that. Wrong. We can impact this community. We can impact our world. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. We just have to be crazy enough to get out there and start doing it. And you know what? When God starts moving, people might stand seven hours just to get in here to experience God. Because barbecue will leave you. I don't mean to be gross. Barbecue will leave you. Christ will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And when you get hungry for God, that's all you want. I'd rather be addicted to the presence of God than any substance in this world. What a difference we can make. Prayer doesn't cost us anything but time. Prayer does not cost us anything but time. If your first response is, I don't have time, make time. Jesus prayed all the time. If Jesus prayed, but Jesus didn't have a two-year-old, but Jesus didn't have a job, Jesus didn't have kids, Jesus didn't have to do this, Jesus didn't drive on 635, I think Jesus encountered a few greater things than that. You go in the desert for 40 days and have Satan show up and start wanting to tempt you. And then compare your story how you got stuck in traffic on 635. And let's see who just comes out the winner on that one. Matthew 7, 7, 8 says, Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. What else, Pastor? What else you got? Great, I'm glad you asked. Matthew 18, verses 19 and 20. I also tell you this, that if two of you will agree on this earth concerning anything you ask my Father for in heaven, he will do it for you. For where two or three are gathered... Okay, we're there. Where two or three are gathered, I am there among them. I brought just half the majority right there. All I need is you, two or three, two. Let's go do this. Matthew 21, 22. You can pray for anything, and if you have faith, you will receive it. Do we as a small church have faith to impact this community? Do we as a small church have faith that God can do miracles and mighty things in our midst, healings, breakthrough, deliverance in here, so that we can go out and make an impact there? Number three, focus on serving each other. There's something that goes much deeper than love, and it's called love in action. Love in action. This week, we got to experience love in action at our house. Our little dog, nine pounds of him, got sick. And he's pouring stuff out all over the place. In fact, in the morning when you go out, you go out real carefully. And then it starts the cleanup. But you know what? It's love. And we've been table spooning water to him to keep him hydrated. We've been breaking little pieces of chicken to give it to him. That dog has consumed more time and energy from all of family members. And why do we do it? Because we love him. Now, if we can love a dog, can I not love a human being? We need to love not only each other, but we need to love the people outside. 
Jesus put a great deal of importance on serving others. Luke 22, verse 26 says, But among you it will be different. For those who are greatest among you should take the lowest rank, and the leader should be like a servant. He's saying you've got everything upside down. You want the robes, and you want the special seating, and you want the honor? Take off the towel and start washing feet. Loving when it's not convenient. Serving when you don't have the time. Giving when you don't have the resource. That's love. See, we can throw the word around so easily. I love this. I love that. I love you. Okay? And then we don't mean it. And what the world has seen is the word love, but they haven't seen us in action. I've been having some really radical thoughts. Austin's been saying, no, Dad, we can't do that, or yeah, Dad, that's a good idea, or this. You know one of my ideas? I'm just going to throw one out there. Just get you thinking. How great would it be to have a car wash? Okay? No money. No tips. No donations. No nothing. But while we're washing the car, our only requirement is that we get out and we can talk and pray with you. You're gonna, wait, you're going to wash my car? No, wait, you want a donation. There's always that hidden cat. No, we don't want, in fact, no money will be transplaced. But while we're washing your car, and if they won't get out of the car, maybe we can just hand them a track. Just tell them that God loves them and that we love them. You see, that's something that we might have to start doing to break out of our comfort zone, to let people know that we really do love them. More importantly, that there is a God that loves them and that they are made of value. Because the world will try to tear down your value. They're looking for somebody to build up their value. My last point is focus on praise and worship. Focus on praise and worship. You see, I've always declared that Lake House Church is going to be a worshiping church. I went Friday night we could have done other things. But we went because I just wanted to experience worship. You know, it was really funny when Stephen Cox got up here and just said, you got experience in that. I took that as that challenge of, there's a seven-hour wait for this barbecue place. You want to try it? <laughs> I'm like, I want to experience that. And it did. And I want to prepare you that if you come with us next month, it's not like this, okay? But there are a bunch of people who love God. And I didn't really see any flesh. I saw worship. John 4, 24 tells us, For God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. See, we're created to worship God. We're created to lift him up in praise and worship. Praise and worship will break the strongholds in your life. That's what Kristen was sharing about this week. Just start giving God praise. Start giving Him thanks for all that He's doing in your life. Give Him thanks for things you're not seeing happening in this life yet. Start giving Him praise. Go throughout the day just worshiping God. Because if you're not worshiping God, you'll worship something else. No, I don't do that. Yes, you do. You may be worshiping money. 
you may be worshiping possessions, but we're designed to worship. And God gave us a choice in what we can worship. Because true love is you, you come to God because you want to, not because you have to. Does that make sense? You see, we can make a law, it'd be rare, but we can make a law that says on Sunday mornings, everybody must attend this church or a church. But that's law. That's not love. See, Christ came to fulfill the law and to love. I've already started talking with Dino that we're going to have a phenomenal worship service here in a couple weeks. It's going to be something like you've never experienced before. And I'm excited about what God wants to do in our lives. To just be on our knees before Him and worship Him because of the presence of God is so strong. Remember the challenge? Ten minutes in the Word and ten minutes in prayer? Would you start praying for the church? Would you start praying for people? Would you start praying for revival in this land? Start praying for other churches? That's how we're going to make an impact. And that's how we truly will be salt and light living not just in title only. We need to make sure that we're a church that's making a difference in lives. Well, pastor, that's up to you. You need to be preaching better sermons. Well, the worship team needs to be playing different songs. It's not about me. And it's not about the worship team. It's about us fulfilling what God's called us to do. It means as a whole, everyone, bringing forth their part. I'd like to pray over you as we close. So would you bow your heads? I'm just going to ask you some questions before I just pray. Remember I started off this sermon saying, you know, we had the quarterly employee evaluations. Well, maybe we're doing our annual Christian evaluation right now. Where are you with Christ? I believe everybody in here has made the decision for Christ, so I can boldly ask that, where are you with Christ? Are you where you were last year? Have you grown in Christ over the last 12 months? Have you shared your testimony with anyone? Or do you feel God's presence even in the difficult times? See, these are difficult questions, I know. But it just should make us hungry to grow. There's no condemnation in Christ. And I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but every once in a while we have to say, where are we in our relationship? Has God taken a second or third place in our life? If so, maybe today's prayer should be, God, would you become number one in my life? Would you become number one in my passion? Would you become number one in my day? Would my prayer be so much that challenge would be, I'm praying so much, I only have 10 minutes to worry about the things in this world. <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you and we thank you for the freedom that we have in you. 
We thank you for what your son did on the cross. And he set us free from all bondage, all situations, all addictions. Our past is gone and it's forgiven. I ask God that you would help us to see people the way you see people. That you would help us to love people the way you love people. Father, forgive us for when we've had small church mind thinking and we've put our focus on ourselves and not on others. Would you give us your ideas? Would you give us your strength? Would you give us your words to speak that will love people, that will bring them to a relationship with Christ so that we can teach them who they are in Christ and how much you love them and care for them? And once we build them up, can we send them out to other areas so that they can do that in other parts? And that we truly would be a contagious Christian. Help us to love God, even when it's difficult. Help us to forgive, even when they don't deserve it. Help us to be peaceful when everything in our world is upside down. Help us to bless when it's easier to curse. And we thank you for all that you're about to do in our lives. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you'd stand, I'd like to speak a blessing over you as we dismiss. Thursday night we'll be at the Nose House. If you missed it, it was the best punch I've ever had in my life. It truly was great. The brownies were phenomenal. See, I'm getting you there with just food, okay? The fellowship was phenomenal. Austin did a great job. But he just made us hungry to know more about God. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. So go in his peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much. We love you.